for us here now as a football program is that you know our guys expect to win they believe they can win but they understand that part of that process is is paying attention to detail that to really turn the corner as a football team uh, as even compared to last year is 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 how we practice and prepare looks like the Warriors have the football an unbelievable start handoff is to Pellerin bowls his way in to the goal line play action complete to Lamb now Tyrell Ford got some room watch out for Tyrell Ford Welcome to episode five of the Waterloo Warriors Armchair Quarterback Podcast. We've got an awesome episode this week talking about our 57-19 win over the York Lions. We also dive into the Saturday matchup versus the Western Mustangs with our players only section, coaches corner, and a great guest on the glory days. So hope you enjoy the podcast. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice all right we're here with the players only segment and let the guys introduce themselves starting with the big boy uh kyle bomier fifth year guard um and i'm in health studies uh greg brand fourth year center i'm in sports business dion pellerin fourth year running back i'm in environmental management uh Marguerite, fourth year linebacker i'm in rec and sports business all right, so we added uh, two old linemen this week so we can get to know the big boys up front uh, as we are leading the OUA in rushing, and they've been a huge part uh, of our success thus far. So starting with you guys, um, you know, let's talk about, first of all, the unit itself. Um, you know, you guys had a few holes to fill going into the season, but you, you ended up gelling really quickly. Uh, maybe Kyle can start with, talk to us about how the unit did gel and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, like you said, obviously we lost a couple guys last year and Benny and Jesse, obviously... Uh, big holes to fill but I thought we did a pretty good job so far doing that I mean all of the guys that we have starting and dressing right now are guys pretty much have seen the field before we've all played together for three or four years at this point now already so I mean uh I've been a big uh advocator since the beginning of the season that you know even though we got those shoes to fill in Benny and Jesse you know maybe it might not look as clean on film as Jesse tossing guys around with one hand but I think uh you know if we're gonna get the job done we're gonna do it pretty well so I think we've done a great job filling that so far and uh I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season goes yeah I agree with Kyle like he pretty well touched on everything uh we got a we got a veteran group no matter you know if we're all CFL prospects or not but uh you know I think I think we all have done a good job of stepping up and and really defining ourselves as still an elite O-line um as some people didn't think we would be uh losing Jesse and Benny but I think we've done a good job of uh yeah filling those shoes all right so let's get to know the O-line a bit better you know from the starting five you know who, in your opinion, is, is the weirdest guy? Who's the guy that kind of stands out as, you know, that guy's a bit odd? Yeah, you know, I hate to be the guy answering this question, but uh, I'd have to say probably Grant Curtis. Uh, you know, funny guy, but, you know, he does he does some questionable things sometimes. But, uh, yeah, overall, good lad. All right, so then, uh, you know, who, who weighs the most, and, and what, are, what are we tipping the scales at from the O-line? Yeah, I think, uh, again, I hate to be the guy to answer this question, <laughs> but... Uh, it's probably going to be uh, Grant and Troy Curtis. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who weighs more. Uh, I can't lie, I'm probably up there as well. But we're probably uh, those guys are around the 325, 330 mark, and I'm not far behind. So I think that's kind of the, the peak, I guess you could say. In the <laughs> so, so Grant and Troy Curtis, they're the twins. Yeah. Can, you know, can you guys tell them apart every time, or do you mix it up? I think like you gotta you have to have played with them or known them for more than a couple of years because. Uh, they're part of my recruiting class, and 
you know, the first, second year that we were together, you know, if they both shaved the same day and got a haircut the same day, you know, you, you were struggling some days. But, yeah, for the most part, we're pretty good with uh, telling them apart. And I'm lucky enough myself to know have known them since I was in grade six or seven. So I've, I've had a, quite a bit of experience with them. I played with them in high school, so it's pretty easy for me in that, in that sense. So you shouldn't get it wrong, right, Kyle? No, no, All right, I, good. I don't know. All right, here's, here's another question. So Dion's having a great year. And so he decides to give you his credit card and says, hey, guys, go out for a meal on me. Where are you guys going to go, and who is going to order the most food? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel like uh, if we're going to get our, our bang for our buck, we're going to go to a buffet style. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been known as the herd to go to the Mandarin in the past. Oh, uh, nice. That might All be right. The, might be the choice. Uh, you know, it's not going to be cheap for Dion, but, hey, you know, he's got to earn that, right? So, uh, and Who's going to sc- scarf the most food down? Ah, you know, I think that's that's a tough one because uh, it depends on the day. But I mean, we we probably better eat our fair share of food. But honestly, I think Kyle wins. You know, he's he's a skinny one, but oh, he puts food back. Kyle, do you agree? Uh, yeah, sure. That's, that's <laughs> fun. That's fun. All right, so let's move on to Western and get some football talk in. You know, they're giving up only 81 yards a game on the ground. Uh, you know, and we're leading the OUA as we talked about earlier. Uh, maybe Kyle could take this question. You know, what's going to be the key to get Dion going and overall our run game? You know, obviously Trey also plays a factor. You know, in those rush yards. So, yeah. what's your key uh, going into the week of practice? Yeah. So uh, this this Western group is a pretty good, pretty good unit across the board. I think all uh, all eight of their guys that they have dressing are are good players. I don't think they have any holes. I don't think anyone who subs in is gonna is gonna you know, be obviously softer than the rest of them. So they, they, they get off the ball well, they come off low, they're, they're good against the run for that reason. They maintain their gaps, get get your hands in the chest. So I think we got to do the same back to them, right? We need to work on our fundamentals, get off the ball low, come off far. And, and, and I mean, I, I truly believe, I think, if, if anyone's going to run the ball on these guys and do a good job of it and, and, and come up with a win, I think it's going to be our group. I think we, got, we do a good job week in, week out. Just got to stick to the basics and, and, you know, do what we do. So... All right, thanks, boys. All right, let's uh, shift over to Michael Reed, uh, veteran of the podcast now. Um, Michael, coming off a 57-19 win versus York, you know, we talked uh, specifically on last week's podcast about not taking these guys lightly. And you could tell from the get-go that's what we did, especially from the defensive end with, you know, a pick six early from Trey, or sorry, from Tyrell. Um, And, you know, the guys came out and made some key stops. Talk to me about that, and and was it important not to take them lightly as we talked about? Yeah, um, not taking them lightly, that really goes back towards uh, the work these guys put in throughout the week. I mean, I know Trey and Lau, uh, we finished with three picks total. Trey, the pick six, Lau, two picks. Oh, that would be Tyrell, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tyrell. <laughs> <laughs> Man, been a long week, been a long week. But, uh, but yeah, Tyrell had that pick six, Lau, two picks. And uh, that really goes towards um, their film study. I mean, I know they've been watching film. They're prepared for the route concepts they're going to see. And that's how Tyrell got that pick, allowing him to jump that out route and uh, take it for six. Lau had been studying a ton of film, too, expected the routes that he was going to see. So... Uh, just the study overall from like our defensive backcourt allowed them to, to play exceptionally well throughout the entire game and get some turnovers. And uh, as well as uh, in terms of our front seven, uh, we had a couple lapses, but for the most part our focus was good. We were prepared for what they were going to bring, and uh, we played well as a whole on defense. Oh, thanks, Mike. So, Dion, over to you. 155 yards rushing, three touchdowns, um, OUA Player of the Week for the second time. Yep. And so congratulations on a great game. Thank you. What were you seeing uh, up front you know, from what the big boys were doing uh, that's going to help that help you spring for that 155? Uh, being a running back, it was a pretty easy game to play in. We uh, were getting a lot of movement off the line of scrimmage, a lot of vertical movement, so it just created massive gaps. Uh, 
downfield. So by the time I had to make a cut, it was already five yards downfield, which made it really easy. You know, get those 10, 12 yard gashes. Obviously, there's a lot, few other plays that went for uh, long yards, but you know, I got to throw the shot to the O line for a heck of a game blocking down there. So let's uh, let's look forward a little bit. You know, we're now four and one, which is a great record. You know, previous years we've we've got to that four win plateau. You know, what's gonna take? What's it gonna take this year to move past that? Get to five, six, or even seven wins? Uh, talk to us about the mindset going forward in the latter half of the season. Yeah, so I think in the last uh, few years we've uh, been okay with going four and four. You know, obviously last year our goal was to make playoffs and. Uh, we uh, accomplished that, but I think this year we've all had the same mindset since the beginning of the year, since the first day of camp, and this make it to the eighth cup. And you know we gotta go through Western and do that either way. Um, and I think you know our mindset again has just been effort throughout every game, and I know we're gonna need that this this week for sure and for the rest of the season. You know you look back on the after a game the day after watching film, and you go, oh, I wish I had more effort here or more effort there, and you just uh, I think. It's a challenge to the team this week is that, you know, you go back on film and you say you gave 100% in every play at every moment. So, yeah, that's a challenge to the team and it's a challenge to us. You know what they say, you can't coach effort. <laughs> He's nodding his head, folks. All right, moving back to Michael Reed. You know, finally, you know, let's talk about Western real quick. They all, all always want to establish a run game. You know, they, they get two back sets in there, sometimes three back sets. You know, what's going to be the key from the front seven to – to minimize how many rush yards they get to try to make them go to the air some more? Yeah, the key word for this week for us is going to be focus and confidence um, throughout this type of preparation. Uh, they're going to be the best offensive line we've faced all year. Uh, they're very stout in terms of their technique and their physicality. Um, they're going to be well coached. They're going to be fundamental. And they're going to they're try to take it to us. I mean, that's been their motto, I think, for as long as I can remember uh, seeing this program is that they've been trying to dominate guys physically and run, and, uh, run the ball down people's throats. So. I think uh, as long as we, we got to stay focused and we got to bring confidence and energy every single play is going to be the key. Um, we know like this is obviously a great team. They have, like I said, a great offensive line. They have great running backs. Well, we're going to need our 100% effort uh, throughout this entire game in order uh, for us to come up victorious. So every single play we have, we can't have lapses because Weston's a team that will blow uh, you to sleep. They'll a couple five-yard runs, two, three, four-yard runs, and then next thing you know, you have a mental lapse, you lose a gap, or you... Uh, you uh, end up shooting the wrong gap, and then they gash you 40, 50 yards. So we got to make sure that our, our focus is is correct in every single play. Our reads are correct, and we're hitting the right gaps. As long as we do our thing, we stay fundamentally sound, we stay focused, energetic, and confident throughout the entire uh, 60 minutes of this game. That's going to be when uh, it's going to be what we need to do to be victorious. Awesome. We're looking forward to watching the game on Saturday at one o'clock. Headed down to Western. Uh, good luck, boys, and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes till the biggest battle of our professional lives. Okay, we're here with our coach's corner section. And today we got uh, the boss man, Chris Pertoya, and our D-line coach, Rob McMurrin. Uh, let's start off by uh, maybe, Rob, introducing yourself uh, to the listeners. You know, how long have you coached here? And uh, maybe a little bit about your playing time here as well. Uh, I've been coaching here for since 99, a couple years off here or there, and played from 93 to 97. So I've been with the program since 93, except for two years. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around, Coach. Um, all right. We'll fire in and start with Rob. Rob, you always preach uh, playing D-line takes a different type of dude. Talk to us about some of the intangibles that you look for in a great D-lineman. Um, quick feet, heavy hands, low pad level, and a, a rock head, bit of a hard head. And uh, so 
do we have those guys here right now? And we yes, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, do we, we do have. We we are building our our D line is in. We've increased our talent level on defensive line exponentially in the last five years. It's it's such a when I was here before we just we had some we had some good talent but depth wise now we're further so far ahead of the game right now with our depth it's so much better now than we were like six seven years ago. Yeah, I think you can tell watching the games you do a lot of uh, mass rotations and subs and I think that tells us that you're comfortable with many guys playing the positions. Yeah, we, yeah, we try to keep them fresh. That's DA's philosophy is we we rotate the D line, keep them fresh so that we're always facing. Try to tire out the O line. Helped against Carlton two weeks ago. For, for sure. All right. So coming off a 57-19 win uh, against York Lions, uh, Coach Pertoya, you know, big win, obviously, and, and all three phases played well. Tell me one thing that you were most impressed with uh, after watching the film and talking to the guys on Sunday. We kind of nailed it. Uh, all three phases, uh, I think, uh, our, our most complete game as, as an entire team, for sure. Uh, you know, play that stuck out in my mind was our, our kicker, our punter there, Jonas Latinsky, uh, making that, uh, you know, game-saving tackle on the uh, the missed field goal. So he made up for missing the field goal, and, and he got his body rolling there and kind of tucked his knees into his chin and rolled down there and made that tackle. So uh, that was great on Jonas' part, and uh, that was a highlight for me anyways. But, uh, you know, uh, coming out of the game, I think it was the response our guys, in all seriousness, the response our guys took from our halftime. Uh, I mean, we were up 24-10. to 10, uh, uh, but we had let them get back into it, and there was uh, a few, uh, you know, we, we weren't clean on offense. Uh, we, we had a couple turnovers. Our defense did an outstanding job bailing us out, uh, you know, immediately following each turnover that we had. Um, the defense followed up with an interception, both, I believe, from Lau Fretch, our fifth-year uh, uh, boundary half so uh, that was a great response by our defense but uh, you know I think the big thing was uh, at halftime we made a, a few critical adjustments um, you know, kept uh, stayed the course with our game plans on, on both offense and defense and uh, you know I think the one nice thing is special teams was consistent throughout the game in all four quarters um, but it, it was a big response in the second half and, and obviously we outplayed them in the second half and leading to that uh, that you know, big score. So uh, happy overall with the performance of our team and, and, and happy to move forward. Hey, Rob, let's talk about the D-line again. So we play a 3-4, meaning we play three uh, defensive linemen and four linebackers. That means the defensive line uh, faces a lot of double teams and, and sometimes it's hard to get home and, and hard to get on the stat sheet as much as, as playing a 4-3. Um, what do you talk to you guys about that and, and some of the things involved in playing with just the three D-linemen? Um, number one thing we talk about, um, we try to keep our backers clear and clean. Um, if they're making tackles, then we're doing our job, you know, because we're not impeding their routes and we're heating up blockers for them, which is a big part of the game. You got to sacrifice yourself a little bit on the defensive line, be able to make things happen for the guys behind you. Yeah, you know, Michael Reed's leading the OUA in tackles right now at the wheel linebacker spot. So, um, you know, that's a testament to your guys doing doing great job up front. All right, let's move on to uh, to Western. Go um, back to you, Coach Pretoya. You know you coached at Western for six years. Um, you know I'm sure you learned a lot of things coaching under Greg Marshall, who's still the head coach there. But can you highlight one thing that you took from Western that you wanted to infuse into the Warrior football program? You know maybe when you got here, you know four years ago, and just talk to us about the time there and the transition here. Well, obviously, uh, my time at Western was good. Uh, um, it was great to be under Coach Marshall. He's a mentor, a uh, great coach. His record speaks for himself, uh, for itself. Sorry, and uh, you know he's he's a friend to me and and to my family. So um, I'm thankful for that time with him, and I learned a ton under him. Obviously, Western is Western, and and, and you know they've won a lot of championships, and it's a championship culture. So you naturally learn you learn things that, about the day in and day out operations uh, in a, in a championship culture. Um, I think the big thing. 
I, I learned from Greg is is well, there's a few things actually. Uh, one is is you know being prepared not only as a head coach but making sure that um, the staff under you is prepared as a defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, position uh, position uh, specific coaches, um, and that preparation trickles down to the t- to the team and to ultimately to the players and and putting them uh, preparing them for success by putting them in positions to be successful. That's one of the the things that I know Greg preached all the time, and uh, and and that's something that they do at Western um, the big thing you know the one critical thing I'd say is recruiting um, that was a, a mantra that I came in here at Waterloo with uh, recruiting is the lifeblood of your program whether we're recruiting student athletes we're recruiting alumni um, we're recruiting uh, sponsorship you name it it's it's all about recruiting recruiting is sales and it's it's the lifeblood of your program and and um, one thing you learn under Greg is, is you know Western consistently they reload they don't have to rebuild um, is because they do a great job recruiting and and that's something I learned under Greg and, and you need to be a tireless recruiter from the top down and, and because when you get good players it, it it's easy to make you a good coach when you got good players it's, it's not rocket science so all right let's let's talk about that game uh, versus Western to you Rob from the D-line perspective it's uh, not a surprise that Western always tries to establish the run you know they, they have the big boys up front they have two back package sometimes a three back package you know, what are you going to be telling your D-line this weekend uh, in practice, in preparation to, to face uh, that uh, run attack? Um, we really got to reestablish our pad level. We got to play lower. We're still, it's always, the season's a work in progress and guys, will, their pad levels come down lower and lower, but we have to be underneath these guys and we have to play with heavy hands. We can't just, we can't stand up against Western and look, peek for the ball in the backfield. We got to trust our reads, play underneath people and reestablish line of scrimmage. You know, Coach Pretoria, coming from the, uh, you know, your history coaching the O-line and run game is very important to you from an offensive coordinator and play calling perspective. So what do you want to see this week from our run game? You know, we do lead the OUA with 200 uh, plus yards a game. They're second in the OUA in stopping the run. You know, something's got to give. And, and so what's the game plan going into this week? Well, you know, it's like two battering rams going against each other, I suppose. And, and they got a great front front seven force unit. Um, like Coach McBurn, the, the D-line, he said, Coach McBurn said, you know, their D-line comes off with low pad level and heavy hands. They're aggressive. They, they, they try to play on our side of the line of scrimmage from an offensive perspective. Uh, we need to get downhill on these guys. And, and you know, we're not going to change what we do because we're going against a formidable opponent. Um, we, we've always uh, wanted to establish the run here, be a balanced attack between running the ball, um, setting up play-action football, um, and, and passing the football. And I think nothing's going to change in our game plan. Um, you know, obviously that's going to come down to our offensive line having a heck of a day. Um, and, and it, you know, the line of scrimmage is, is about, you know, first touch, heavy hands and playing playing with low hands and low pads and, and ankle flexion and knee bend. And then our line is going to need to do that. We're, we're planning on establishing the run regardless. Um, we have the utmost respect um, with, with Western and, and their defensive uh, coordinator, Paul Gleason. Um, I, I think it's uh, it's important for us to, to, to try and establish the run. Um because that just opens up everything else in our offense. So last week we hosted the uh, winless uh, York Lions. You know, we talked to the guys on the podcast about not taking them lightly. Um, obviously, that's a different message this week. You know, we're going into the undefeated uh, Western Mustangs, and so talk to us, Coach, about the messaging last week versus this week, and has it changed um, for uh, how you're preparing the guys? Um, you know, with a different type of opponent. 
you know, obviously each day is a new day, and, and each week provides us with a new uh, a new opponent. And um, we try to stay consistent with our messaging here um, from myself and, and all of the coaches. Uh, I think it's important that uh, that message stays consistent. Um, the big thing is about is about being hard workers and, and working hard in practice and, and practicing perfect. Um, last week, I, I believe we arguably had our best week of practice, day one through day three, that we've had in my tenure here as head coach. And, and uh, the results showed on the field and then the challenge to the guys on Sunday and then yesterday at our first uh, day one practice was to, to be better this week and, and to be better on day two today than we were on day one yesterday. And, and uh, obviously, Western's a huge opponent. I don't think they've lost a game in the OEA for 26, 27 straight contests. They're the you know three-time defending Yates Cup champs. They won the Vanier Cup in the, in the middle there. Um, you know they are who they are. They're outstanding and an elite football program, and and you know the number one ranked team in the country right now. And, and we know that it's a tall task and it's a challenge. But the nice thing now is I believe that I believe that we believe, and and that's what we spoke about yesterday to the guys is is they they have to believe, and they can't just you know show up on Saturday, and when they're all riled up and and you know the purple jerseys are across from us now they're they're believing and they're amped up for it that belief needs to start now that belief started last year when we beat Laurier and, and McMaster and you start knocking off some of those better programs um there it 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 comes to fruition so that's part of our culture um the culture of winning is believing and, and i think uh, you know that's the mindset right now so we're going to work our tails off this week in preparation know our opponent inside out um and go and uh, implement the game plan execute the game plan and, and we'll see what happens after 60 minutes all right coaches uh final question and i'll start with you rob maybe from a defensive perspective you know what makes this team different uh than our guys last year um, right now, higher. We have high expectations. Like we, you know, we we had a couple of close games at the start of the year, and it. I honestly felt like some of the guys, some of the kids felt like it was a loss. The way they the way they handled it was like we need to be better. So our expectations, the kids, their expectation is extremely high for them right now, and they don't want they want to perform well, and they want to win football games. So they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves to perform up there. And that's a, that's a big – they have the confidence to do it. We went from six years ago, survival, just then to compete. And now our expectation is we're winning football games. And Coach Pertoya? Yeah, I, I can't agree more with Rob. And, and I think it's just a product of the culture that we've created here um, and, and trying to establish that winning culture and that mindset. And, you know, last year when we lost in the first round of the playoffs to Guelph, I mean, it was very disappointing. Um, obviously, you know – once you let let it resonate and sit, you know you're excited that we've taken that step and, and we got back into the playoffs last year. Um, but it, it is that mindset that Coach McMurrin spoke of, the fact that they they have expectations now. They were disappointed that we lost to Guelph. Um, you know they also have expectations and, and have a mentality of of we're going to win this game and the game is 60 minutes long. And I think there's a few games earlier in the season that you know we got down behind some teams and and we ended up you know riding the ship and, and coming back and winning those football games. And at no point in time on the sideline was there any anxiety or or you know, angst or whatever the word might be that, you know, the guys were calm and, and, and collected and, and trusted their abilities and trusted the adaptations and adjustments that we made as coaches and, and stayed the course. And I think that's the big thing for us here now as a football program is that, you know, our guys expect to win. They believe they can win, but they understand that part of that process is is paying attention to detail uh, Monday through Friday and, and, and putting a great emphasis on that. And I think that's where we've 
uh, to really turn the corner as a football team, uh, as even compared to last year, is, is, is how we practice and prepare. Well, thanks, coaches, for coming down and uh, you know, give us your time, and, and best of luck this week. Thanks a lot, Luke. Thanks, Luke. All right, today on the Glory Day section, we are happy to have John Schoenecker join us. John played defensive tackle with the Warriors from 91 to 96. John was a first-team All-Canadian and three-time OUA All-Star. He's also a member of the Athletic Department Hall of Fame and our Warriors Football Ring of Honor. Thanks for coming on, John. It's my pleasure. John, can you start with uh, just telling us what program did you graduate with and what year was that? Yeah, so I graduated in 95 with an arts degree. So started in 91 and graduated in 95 uh, with an arts degree. Oh, perfect. Uh, so what are you doing now, John, career-wise? Uh, how did your football experience at Waterloo help you get to this point? Yeah, so uh, so I'm a senior vice president partner at People Corporation. We're a national benefit and pension advisory. Um, and how did my football experience help me? I would say probably the number one thing is just it taught me the level of compete that is uh, really required in the business world. And uh, you guys, do see this every day with the kids that you're coaching and certainly the success that you're having over there is uh, the level of compete that's required to, to attain that success is probably the number one thing I would say that uh, kids will take out of their experience at UW and, um, and playing football. So this, this is the uh, glory day section, John. So let's... Uh Take you back to when you did play. What's an on-field moment that might bring a smile to your face when uh, reminiscing? Well, geez, there are so many of those uh, those moments. I, I think probably if I was to look back, it's it's not necessarily the moments that bring a smile to my face that I remember the most. It's the ones that uh, you you really learn from. And I would say probably the one that sticks out uh, the most for me is '95 when we lost in the playoffs to uh, to Western. Probably timely going into the game this week for you guys, but. Um, I think Coach Burt was on that team, and uh, you know we dominated Western for for 59 minutes, only to lose in the last minute of the game. Um, but uh, certainly, it's a memory that sticks out uh, for me simply because of the fact that it did, you know, obviously create a a lasting memory in terms of a, a distaste for that school down the down the 401. But uh, no, it just had so many great memories at UW. Played with so many great players. It, uh, it, you know, really, like I say, hard to pinpoint one. But certainly, those moments I think that create some character in in you as a person and, and the team are the ones that stand out uh, the most. Yeah, from what Bert's been, uh, been told us, that was quite the battle you guys had back then in '95. It was uh, it was crazy. Like I say, we went down to to London, and it was uh, it was a playoff game, snowy. If I remember, it was just about two uh, minus two degrees Celsius, snowing, and you know, as I say, I think Western actually went on to uh, to the Vanier Cup that year, but we lost by one point. I think the score was twenty three twenty two in the last minute of the game, and uh, you know, I think that the great source of pride I have at that is there was a little skirmish afterwards, and I think <laughs> virtually every player on the bench was off and uh, and sticking up for their teammates. So it was a, a great memory. Oh, I bet. So let's fast forward, uh, John, to, to today. Um, you know, the football program itself has been moving in a great direction. Talk, talk to us about uh, what your thoughts are on, on the movement that we're, we're taking forward and, and where you see the program. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'd say it's it's very exciting to see. I mean, certainly when I was at UW, it was kind of on that cusp of turning the corner from a, 
a program that didn't have a whole lot of success in the in the late 80s to you know becoming a, a powerhouse in the country by the end of the 90s so it's very exciting for me to see the turnaround of the program i think you know having been up there and seeing what you know what the culture is around the program the commitment of the players the type of coaches that uh, that bird has brought in around them it's just it's really really exciting to see and you know you're starting to see the success come out of that can you talk to us about you know why you feel that it's important to support uh, the program from a fo- football alumnus perspective i know you you have done so in the past and, and what can you talk to us about that yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it's just, it's a source of pride. I mean, it's a, it's an experience. I think that anybody played there. And for me, I was there for five years, had an amazing experience. And certainly it's a, a source of pride to be attached to a program that's, uh, that's winning. And I think when you start to see the resources and the efforts that are put into, you know, driving the program back to a competitive level, it's, uh, it's very exciting. I mean, the other thing I would say is that as a player, you know, I was fortunate enough to have some financial support um, as I went through and certainly being in a position where I can provide some of that support back. I think it's very important. It seems to me that you know, in today's world, uh, when it comes to youth sport football, you know, the ability to provide financial support to these kids to be able to get the, uh, the best recruits in is becoming more and more critical. And, uh, you know, certainly from my perspective, if I can be a small part of that, then, then it uh, is a source of pride for me to do so. Well, the Warrior family definitely thanks you for, for all that support you've given. Uh, one last question, John. This one comes directly from Coach Bird. Can you still bench 600 pounds, yes or no? All right. Th- that might be a tough one to do once, but, uh, you know, I, I certainly get uh, get something up. I'm not sure if it would be that that amount of weight, but, um, yeah. Is, is the legend true that that, that 600 was a, was a mark that you hit when you played here? Well, I think my last year we uh, we did the testing in the in the pack weight room. I don't know if you guys still use the pack weight room, but um, yeah, I think at the time my brother and I, I think we probably used up every plate that they had in the in the weight room at the time. But uh, as I say, that's a long time ago. That would probably crush me. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I appreciate your time, John, and thanks for taking uh, time to talk to us and coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. All right, that's it for this week's podcast. I'm your host, Lukey Boy Bulch. We're looking forward to uh, getting you next week after talking about the big victory over the Mustangs. Coming up next week, also, we got the Battle of Waterloo, which will be huge. Uh, that'll be a Thursday game, and we hope to see the, uh, the football alumni out to that game. And you know what they say, once a warrior, always a warrior. And go get that victory.